Alex is doing fantasy. Josh Jacobs just downgraded to questionable. Pivot. Can't pivot. Live on the it's show. Monday night. I can't pivot. Live. Jalen Richard. Oh, Kenyon Drake. Just make a trade. Yeah, you can't get that approved. Well, I'm gonna leave this in the show. That is breaking news. I gotta. I have to. I have to fix this. I have to pick up a running back. Okay. This is live for the game. This is spliced in. I'm definitely throwing this in before we cheers. Peyton Barber. Who can you drop though? Is the real question. Darnell Mooney. You got it. Yep. Nice. Cheers to episode 37. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, Bush. Water. My water daughter. Look how sweet this can looks rotating like that. <laughs> this, uh, this bush survived a fridge power outage, and now it's back to full health, I would say. It's so cold again. Today is Sunday. Run that back. Yeah, you heard that. Sunday, September 12th, which is the first Sunday I believe we've ever recorded on. So get used to that because this is our plan, hopefully going forward for many weekends in the fall. That way you get our football takes as fast as possible. They're not stale. Kevin, are you frozen or are you just dialed in? Confirmed frozen. <laughs> So Sunday, September 12th, 7.54 p.m. I'm looking at Matthew Stafford on my TV screen. He looks arm sleeve in some of the best shape of his life in the wh- home whites. Wow, that looks weird to see. He passes the swaggy boy drip test. <laughs> so Sunday, September 12th, 7.54 p.m. And this is a and two-parter here. The Big Ten East runs through the state of Michigan and Alex – is a fan of the Chiefs now and not the Lions. He's back to his Chiefs fandom. So it's shot of Michigan slash Kansas City sports um, for the foreseeable future. That isn't quite true. Um, Chiefs are good, though. That's a good team. We should all hope to be that someday. At least we aren't the punter for the Browns. That was really embarrassing. Nice. It's tough to be Andy Dalton as well. They're just showing Justin Fields pregame when he's not even the starter. But he looks good. He also passes the drip test. <laughs> Before we hop into the recaps and previews for this football week, we have to do our obligatory, what's new with you guys? How was your week? Um, I will ask, though, for you two, part of your – I'd like to ask some questions about the atmosphere at Spartan Stadium in the actual game recap of Youngstown State. So try to not spoil that when you give your recap of the weekend. Like all the – shenanigans and East Lansing outside of the actual inside the game is fair for this part. I actually, I'll actually go first because mine's boring. Yeah. So then I want to let you guys idea. go together. I basically just watched a ton of football this weekend, which is like fun, but my brain's kind of melted right now. It'll probably, probably show during this show. Yeah. Even the way I got through that sentence, you can tell, but just watch a bunch of football. Didn't, didn't really do uh, anything fun. Yeah. I Worked mean, I, a lot. I figured since you weren't with us, yeah. So now, as the meme, like I'm Squidward in, in the up in my house, and you guys are SpongeBob Patrick frolicking in the field. How was EL on the first game weekend in like 
with fans in like two years. Since 2019 season finale against Maryland, no one was at that game anyways. So it's been a long time. Wow. And East Lansing is very back. How back? It's all the way. Oh, my gosh. All the way back. Having anything specific like, you want to talk about like that's back. Chicago level back? It could be more back and Chicago. Just, <laughs> it was. Because East Lansing, you know, as Alex and I and yourself, we're seasoned veterans to the bars. You know, you, you get some lines at some places, but you don't get lines like we experience or we witness. Never Every single bar like had a line, and the bar line for Rick's was the longest I've ever seen it. Okay. For those that know, I guess, try to explain, like, what do you mean? Where was it wrapped around? Down, around, into the, the parking like, structure. Parking structure. No way. It was almost too, like, Luhas. The line was, like, going all the way back towards that. It's unbelievable. So if you're standing in this line, I bet you you probably waited a good hour to an hour and a half just to get inside the bar. Worth it. <laughs> the line to Harper's was past the 7-Eleven. That's pretty normal, it seems. Everyone wants to go there. Fieldhouse line was to the stoplight. I mean, not Fieldhouse. Uh, Dublin's line was to the stoplight. That was never seen anything like that. Before. Every single bar except... The rib, sorry, to the rib. Rip the rib. Had a line. Tin can had a line. Tin can. Land shark had a line. Land shark had a big line. I've never been to the East Lansing Land shark. Land shark back. But the land shark at Butler was the spot. So I, if they're the same chain, I can see why. I can safely say that 10 to 12 people there go there on the weekends. <laughs> Until now. Now every bar in East Until Lansing now. is viable, it seems. That's awesome. So yeah, it's just it was back. Evan and I spent the the entire weekend. There. So the crowds are big. What did any shareable podcast safe stories that the amount of crowd and hype of drinking led to? I would say one my biggest complaint of the weekend. Uh, I went to the game at eleven forty five, kicked at noon. Thought thought that was ample time to get in before you know maybe maybe middle of the first drive, and I did not get in until it was fourteen nothing. Whoa, uh, the Outside, one Security. of the gates, they didn't open all of them. So they had two that weren't open. And then they were also denying people who did not have a mask on. And so people would get all the way up there, get told to leave, Wait, throw a big complaining. So you have vest. to wear a mask to get into Spartan Stadium? The, the concept was very dumb. You put the mask yes, on to walk through the gate. Yep. And then immediately everyone takes them off and you don't see a mask the rest of the game. That is interesting because, like, obviously, like Not me, if you watch the game on your laptop, you don't, you didn't know that, and no one had, you didn't see one. But because of that, the the lines got super backed up. They did not have masks up there to supply you. Oh, what a nightmare! So people were just getting up to the front after waiting in the line for thirty minutes and then losing their mind, and then it just took forever. It took a long time. So mass nightmare. Yep, and. But no, I was with. Uh, also, you guys scored in the first play of the game, so fourteen nothing sounds bad, but still, like it happened yeah, fast. Yeah, I didn't get to see that. No, you probably Alex, wouldn't have anyway. Alex I haven't has, seen. Fun the first fact: Alex has missed both beginning touchdowns live because North Carolina dribbled into the start of our game, so we weren't able to see the first one against Northwestern. And you could not find ESPN News on your non-home TV. Yeah, it wasn't my TV. It was an away game. They didn't have ESPN. News. Couldn't find ESPN News. Missed it. 
I don't even think I don't even know if Evan knew that because you said out loud like, "Oh my god, I think I'm being trolled." Like they just like, I saw Walker tweets and I'm like, scored seventy five yard touchdown. Real, I thought it was fake. Yeah. Yeah. So bad start. I should probably just not see the first play if we have the ball. That's actually new a good rule of thumb. New thing. Before Evan hops in, I guess maybe this will spark something. Uh, you know, you don't want to air out anybody, but um, one of our one of our friends whose name resembles a style of cheese pour one out for him i saw some some uh mm. situation at a tailgate that was the best projectile vomiting i have ever seen in my entire life it was out of a movie good I mean, old good old pepper jack it was to the point where like usually if i see someone throwing up it's gonna make me throw up no not this i wanted him to keep going so you I just could, started laughing so i could record it and get get a video of it it was it was wild and it honestly it fine. makes sense because you think about it, it really in college right now, because of last year, there's basically two grades that are essentially freshmen because those that are sophomores don't know how to, don't really know that full crowd, that full, like the energy. So now you think about it, however many kids that is, like 25,000 kids are basically freshmen. In it Lansing. felt like there were 25,000 freshmen with all the lanyards, student section oh, t-shirts. No. <laughs> Evan and I were just walking around no. and he's like, you know, I'm glad I didn't wear a student section t-shirt today. I I had my lanyard at Baller for like one week and then I was I looked around, I was like, dude, I gotta take this off. It's it's very obvious to spot. If any freshmen are listening, you know, if you're wearing your lanyard, it's very obvious. Turn your dorm key to south. Evan, you had a great speech on a table. Uh yeah, that was a shout out to a uh, another famous tailgate that they do the ten o'clock shot and eleven o'clock shot for noon games, and I witnessed the ten o'clock shot. It was pretty cool. Um, and then I was summoned, um, encouraged, summoned, um, pretty aggressively to uh, get up and do one. So you know, I had to do one for the group tailgating. I'm going to kind of talk about it further on the Michigan State part. Tailgating was fun. Um, Friday night was a good time. Oh, we did what. <laughs> we did what we said we were going to do and then we also did what we said we weren't going to do so on this podcast last time we said we were going to go hard friday night wake up saturday and regret going hard friday night and that's 100 percent exactly what we did we're very um, good at that the staple <laughs> and what our first plan as soon as uh we got out to the restaurant cody said we should just probably stay in have a chill night so we can go hard for saturday because saturday's game day like Come on, let's do that. And then we were encouraged by our female friends. They have this elaborate plan. Let's go out. So, of course, we're going to go out. We don't want to say no. And then next thing you know, you're drunk walking across campus at 2.30 in the morning, carrying something that you probably shouldn't be. It's now in your apartment. Um, It's a badge of honor for this weekend as the first tailgating weekend. That's all time. I I (laughs) forgot about seeing that. That's all time. Um, and then it was a Friday. Was a fun night. It was a really fun night. Um, went to Dublin. <laughs> we went to Dublin as a good spot. And we Friday night we went out so early that we probably didn't witness most of the lines. We beat the lines. We kind of were at the bar at nine thirty, a little early for us. Um, went to the dance floor, and obviously nobody's on the dance floor at Dublin. And then we kind of brought the crowd into Dublin. I would say. And then people started like joining us because we had a group of 12 of us, I think, or something like that. Was someone hitting the world's largest vape at Dublin from what I saw? Like it just they had like smoke it machines smoke. and it was just, you know, I couldn't breathe, couldn't see. I was like, I, I think I'm dying. It was too much. The first time they hit the smoke <laughs> machine, there wasn't enough people in there to like 
wave off the smoke or like move the smoke around. So it was just like a fog shield. Like somebody four feet away from you, you couldn't see them. That was wild that that happened. It's like a haunted house. It was. Um, Music was good. And then so Saturday morning, not part of the tailgate, Saturday morning, everybody waking up, you're on running on four hours of sleep. Hand up. Yes, I did. In the parking structure. Alex was there. Alex knows. I'm doing a nice thing for our friends. I'm going to get McDonald's for breakfast. And, you know, I just couldn't hold it in. Couldn't hold it in. I'm dressed, ready for the day. And, you know, you know, you got to run down the hallway to not embarrass yourself. <laughs> I asked Devin, hey, do you want me to go with you to McDonald's? Didn't say a word to me. Face turned d- dead white <laughs> and then just walked out the door. And I was like, well, maybe he's mad at me. Then we rally. You rally. The you man know, just wants to get his... season, so you just rally. The man wants to get his big riddles in peace. Um, Saturday night was fun. Tin Can is a weird, <laughs> weird energy. Would not recommend it. Unless you're I trying mean, to get weird. <laughs> Shout out to our cheese friend again. <laughs> cheese friend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we go to PT's. Good for him. We're in. Okay. We go to another one. Doesn't make it past. And you're just like, buddy, we warned you. I'm sorry. And then he walks, walk of shame, but not because he was doing something else. But then he gets Conrad's <laughs> and just sits and eats it at the union for an hour by himself. Oh no. Yeah. Probably pretty peaceful though. Yeah, I mean, we warned him like 15 times. So you just didn't listen. Yeah. Well, sounds fun. And I'm excited to hear the more details of the insane experience when we get to the recap of Michigan State. To start, see how long this lasts, you know. And it might, as the season progresses, the order, the like, you know, how like when they, when you do like a Fox or NBC or ABC type news show, they have like blocks, like A block, B block, C block. And we have that too. We just call them main topic one, two. Depending on how this season goes, main topic one may no longer be NFL football. We'll see how many weeks it lasts. But for now, it is the big sport where the most people are united behind the Lions. So we had today's game. We'll start there with the recap and analysis. Final score was 41 to 33, which I'm terrible at mental math. Speaking of, it's the highlight of the game. The spread was minus seven and a half, so we did not cover as a team. Oh, some, breaking news. Some the spread shifted before yeah. kickoff. It got all the way up to nine and a half. Okay. So for you last-minute bettors, we are a great team because of the old saying, good teams win, great teams cover. So, But those that bet early in the week got a worse price. So probably a mix of angry and happy people at the outcome there. And it's a wild game to even potentially cover the way that game started. So transparency going forward for the show, and I'll remind people, you know, each week, a lot of times, depending on the Sunday, not going to be able to see that much of the Lions game. I did have it on a little side screen, was able to catch some of it, saw some plays. So I'm good for a few nuggets here and there. But for these Lions recaps, we rely heavily on Alex and Evan. I will tee you guys up. Where does this game start? It seemed like from my limited viewpoint a game of two halves really or kind of two different teams maybe i don't i don't know how it felt well i would i would just say it started high energy it seemed like it was loud in there with fans yeah people fans excited bad. uh jimmy g fumbles first play for the 49ers we also back up one step there we did get the ball first yeah. and jamal williams did get the first handoff he did start over deandre swift wow that yeah. is actually an interesting nugget it is and he, I think he had like a seven-yard run on the first play of the game. So everyone's like, wow, he's good. He's good. We uh, ended up driving down into the to like the 50 turnover on downs. That was Dan Campbell's first big decision as a coach. We ended up going in this game. 
five times. I thought that was wild. We went for it on fourth down five times. Wow. Um, Gambling then, Dan. So good first drive, didn't get the fourth down conversion. Then Jimmy G fumbles, first play. Lions recover. Jamie Collins, right? Yep. And so I thought, you know, maybe the Lions are going to surprise us. It was just a fumbled snap. We didn't really do anything to cause it. And then after that, it just went completely downhill. Bad. Bad. Until two minutes left in the game, it felt like. Adam, do you want to get into the bad? I don't want to be the only negative guy. You more actually those are more details, just an overview of it for right now. What do you want? I'll lead out with an overview question because I'm just box score peeking here. Can we not run the ball well? Because I'm looking at the pass to run split. Now, maybe we were down by a lot, but that's alarming. 57 pass attempts and not even 30 rush attempts. I thought we were running the ball okay to start. It's just we started not playing defense, Swiss cheddar style. Uh, I would say that our run game actually didn't look too bad. Um, there's obviously some plays here and there for the run game that you question and you – kind of shake your head at with like more of the East and West run game. Cause like the drag handoffs or whatever, sweet plays and whatever you want to call, it. but there's a lot of like wham blocks or trap plays that we get up the gut. And I think Swift and Jamal Williams did run hard North and South. You know, you look at the rushing yards total in the game, 49ers had 131. We had 116. Uh, Jamal Williams averaged six yards a rush. DeAndre Swift averaged three and a half. So not terrible. And I think it's a little skewed with how the end of the game was going, where we had to throw the ball. Hmm. Yeah, I really didn't think we ran the ball that bad. Yeah, I mean, Williams of six yards of carry is nice, and Swift's might be a little bit lower, but also he makes up more than that in the passing game when you look at that. Like, he was our second-highest receiver, which is kind of alarming, but maybe not that surprising considering our receiving core. It looks to me like they need to get Amandra St. Brown more involved with two catches for 23 yards. I don't know. He made a nice catch I saw on our trying to tie the game drive, a nice little corner route. So that was positive to see. Our guy Goff, walk me through the pick six. Was it really bad? It, it was horrendous. Yeah, it was um, it, okay, so if you want to be on the Goff side, I'll be on play that side first. He did have pressure in his face, couldn't really step into it, and probably when he released it, he probably hit his hand or couldn't follow all the way through because our right tackle was getting bull rushed right into his face. Then you look at the play concept as a whole, even if he wasn't getting bull rushed, it was triple coverage on Hawkinson. And like the ball wasn't getting there unless you throw like a perfect pass. And then if you break down the play even more, they zoomed out with three wide receivers and pass concept right away because we had two running backs in formation and they had a chip on the defensive ends because they were pass blocking was struggling to begin the beginning of the game, like struggling to extreme. Uh, we only give up three sacks, but it was way worse when you watch it. Pressure in his face so now every play. Yeah, so now it's only three-man route, and so now the entire middle is clogged because now you don't have to worry about the safeties. Our wide receivers aren't the best in the NFL, so you don't have to worry about anybody getting behind you. Overall, the play was horrendous. The play calling was bad and didn't help that golf to it in triple coverage. I also would say on the golf note, he, in the first half, had some accuracy issues. He was not not very sharp in the beginning of the game. He was pretty sharp down the stretch in the comeback, which we'll get to. But in the first half, he was not really dialed in, and he didn't throw a ball, it felt like, past five yards, other than the pick six. It just felt like he was just dunk every time, and he wasn't super accurate on the dunks either. With the offensive line, 
Would we say that obviously, because obviously we didn't get to cover with how late it happened, but um, unless you're under a rock, obviously one of our, our top seven player consensus among us on the team, Taylor Decker on the IR. We don't really know the extent of the injury. It has to do with his finger. I almost think maybe it's more hand. I don't know. It could Because the IR for a finger, people laugh at, but I don't know how messed up his finger is. So that's like a month gone. And then we had to make a last minute move where they moved Panay Sewell over to left tackle, his OG position. And then you have Matt Nelson. Do we think with what we saw maybe towards the end of the game that once we get Decker back, and have Sewell in his in the spot wherever he ends up at that the line will show more promise or is it something where like even the guards in the center didn't look great I think Matt is it Matt Nelson no also give us a break because we didn't get to watch the game back this is all just like a lot and a lot of times I'll be honest when I watch live games I'm not focused on the offensive line you only notice them if there's a lot of sacks they were facing potentially the best front seven in the NFL it's hard to just judge it all on that. I mean, Nick Boso is rushing you. Good point. Um, Eric Armstead's a good player as well. Just their whole front side. Got a good blissy linebackers, straight so, Greenlaw. I didn't think they were terrible, but I think they'll be a lot better with Decker. That's encouraging because that's supposed to be one of the strengths of this team as I mean, the year goes on. Nelson was a practice squad member a week ago, so – which is scary. He's not some like he's not even an average tackle. He's well below. So that's gonna make any line bad. Where else should we bounce around to? I'm trying to think here out loud of what I saw. Jeff Okuda. You wanna talk about Jeff Okuda? We can. He's gotta get better, Grant. He's not a top ten player on the lines. I think one of the highlights that will come out of this game is that absolute um reaming of Jeff Okuda by, I believe, Aubrey Pleasant. Yep. I believe that was the DB's coach, Aubrey Pleasant, on the sideline. Confirmed. Which Alex pointed out massive bicep on that guy. Yeah, um, really a lashing into that you don't see that often. I mean... I'm sure it happens often. I just think the like, camera's really... Of a shot of Michigan sports nature, like we've seen... Um, I told Alex, like, Juwan Howard and Isaiah Livers did that at the beginning of last year. We've seen... Uh, we saw Tom Izzo do it with Gabe Brown. Like, that kind of, like, whoa. Like... When something like that happens to that level, you kind of sit back like, whoa. And even um, Tracy Walker, I believe, kind of stepped in and was like, whoa, easy coach. And I think they showed later, again, I was glancing over, they kind of like uh, embraced or kind of they put their foreheads on each other and like said, it's all right, They were good. They're they're chill. Uh, So maybe it'll help them in the long run. Like we don't know how Jeff Okuda likes to be coached, but obviously he messed up something. And then what Alex is referring to, I would say mainly is um, Debo Samuel. I mean, I don't know who was the main check on him, but he had nine catches for 189 yards and a touchdown. That's unbelievable. And career game for him. Okuda was on the the long touchdown play. I will yes. So clearly he stunk at playing the ball. Like in position. I will say his position was great. He was there. He almost overran it. And it's an inch away from hitting his forearm and being a sweet pass defense. But you have to have the ability. That's one of my biggest gripes with cornerbacks is like turning around too late. Or uh, you know, too early and messing up. So he did do that. He has to work on playing the ball, but he was in position. But it sounds like other parts in the game he wasn't good. I'm curious, Evan, your thoughts because you seem probably to be the most unbiased on Jeff Okuda. Alex, stop me if I'm wrong, but I think him getting ringed out was right after they had the long touchdown run by their backup. It was like a sweet play towards like the short right. side of the field, and like he probably didn't run fit or he shied away from it. Um, I didn't get a chance to see the replay of him, what he was responsible in that play, but happened right after that. So it kind of stands out that it wasn't during just the pass coverage, but like 
it was quoted or people reading his lips saying, do your job. Probably on that job, he had responsibility to run fitting outside contain or he was out of line. Obviously, it was a miscue. And then pass coverage, he was saying, is one of the most athletic wide receivers, underrated kind of guy. Um, but yeah. as it could have been the third overall pick, you kind of expect him to play better. First game of the year, new system. I'm not giving him any excuses. It, it's kind of eyebrow raising a little bit, just that you're not, you hope he gets better throughout the year. We do play in the NFC North where there are stud wide receivers. And if you can't guard Debo Samuel, they're not the best pass coverage or passing offense. It's kind of alarming, I think, right now. And like you said on the long play, he's kind of in position, but afterwards, you know, okay, he catches it, but now you got to make the tackle, minimize damage. You have to minimize damage. And right there, he loses his balance, he's out of place, and now he can't run him down for it. He just looks lost. Evan, that teed up perfectly the, the Debo Samuel the NFC North. I was also thinking, as we mentioned, the backup running back. And again, I'm going to caveat this with we said before that. San Francisco has like the best run scheme offense in, in the entire NFL with Kyle Shanahan. He's a wizard. Like you could plug and play any player in there. But the fact that Raheem Mostert goes down and Trey Sermon, Alex told me was a healthy scratch. You have Elijah Mil- Mitchell, who I've never heard of. And he rips off game, 19, 104, five and a half yards per carry with a 38 yard long um, run. And then you think about the NFC North and you think about Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. Now, maybe their run schemes aren't as good especially, you know, the Vikings, they didn't look so great today. But that is... Did you watch the Packers either? Jeez. No, I didn't get to see they the lost like oh, I saw they. I saw they did bad. But it's a nightmare thinking about that run situation. And if you had told me... Like, I, I all of our things about how San Francisco is just going to beat us down, that's still all thinking that Mostert and Sermon were healthy and ready to go. Like, the fact that we gave up all this to Elijah Mitchell... Again, their run scheme's great, but that's embarrassing to me. I would say that you let that much happen. And you also gave up all those yards to Debo Samuel. And surprisingly enough, you look at the stat line of, I'm looking at George Kittle, four for 78. That actually seems pretty good. So maybe, I don't know if we have okay tight end coverage, because like that's what George Kittle does. Like That's actually a pretty average game for a guy of that level. So we're just looking at, you know, it doesn't seem like we're good necessarily for run or pass defense yet. We kind of knew that, that we're a bad defense. But I don't know. I don't want to harp too much. I guess maybe we transition to maybe some of the positives. Like a lot, a lot of this team this year is going to be suffering through losses, but finding good individual performances that give you hope for the future, in my opinion. Like you're going to say, okay, that guy played nice today. Even though we lost, he played nice today. Did we, did we see some of those? And I only have one more negative thing that I need to say. Yes. Not defense related, Go ahead. Offensive related. You got to catch the ball. I mean, I don't The know. drops. We drops. You can't. No one can catch the ball. Can't like who? keep dropping passes. Who stands out that was dropping passes? I'll, I'll give one guy a break, fullback Kabinda. But I mean, oh, I saw, it. I did see that one. That was one disgusting. Easy pickup, tr- hits him in the chest, and he drops it. Golf's little like look up at the scoreboard or into the stands, like what do I do here? It was hilarious when that happened. Swift dropped another one. He had the drops a little bit last year against the Bears, Week One. Yeah. People don't forget he dropped one. Someone else <laughs> dropped one too. Just, just need to be better. Just need to catch the ball. But that's it. Hawkinson's really good. That would be my uh, first uh, glow, like bright spot. Eight for ninety-seven and a touchdown. He's, I like that. He catches the football, puts his head down, runs forward. He's done trying to hurdle people. Yeah, he, he didn't do any hurdle attempts. Good. 
He just catches a ball and, you know, makes a move that you can't really tell if he's making a move or not. And then he just <laughs> carries a couple guys with him for a couple yards and he always falls forward. So he's good. It's like he could be George Kittle or better. I like that. They get compared a lot because they're both Iowa guys, right? Yeah, and they're like buddies. Yeah, same hair. Yep. Any positives, Evan? I already touched on I want to talk about the run game. I think the run game, I think our offensive line is built for the running from inside out. Uh, Sewell didn't look too bad. Um, he probably is not going to rate out that best for like pro football focus, but I don't think he played that bad considering his circumstances and who he's going up against. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I would say that's a positive light. And obviously Swift, not much in the run game, but eight catches for 65 yards. He had a long, one of them, I think was like almost a 40 yard screen pass for a touchdown. So that's where he got most of his yards. So there's a positive there. Um, you know, and, and Goff, besides the interception, you know, that interception could be make or break the the game, obviously, because, you you know, you only lost by one possession. 338 yards is still a lot. Three touchdowns thrown still a lot. In, late down in the game, his two-point conversion pass and his, I don't know, touchdown pass to Cephas, pretty well thrown balls. He had a nice one to Khalif Raymond, or maybe it was Raymond making the catch. I did see that one. Yeah, so I mean, Cleef Raymond looked good. It's kind of the first time we've actually got to see him in a Lions uniform. He was solid. Um, okay. He had three catches for 50 yards. I was surprised Other he was going to be starting outside wide out, but sounds like he looked okay. Quintess would be more negative, but they threw up the stat on the broadcast at one point late in the game of who's got the catches, like dispersion on the team, <laughs> and it was Swift and Jamal had like – Eight for ten on their completions, like eight catches, ten targets. Hawkinson had four, Fells had one, and then our wide receivers were two for five. Hmm. And so, obviously, we knew that wide receiver group would be—I won't say bad, but down when we came into the year. But you kind of expect them at least to get them some looks, um, just quick hitters here and there, maybe. But I, offense didn't look terrible. There's some play calls here and there, but that's nitpicking now. I thought Chasey Walker played pretty well. He led the team in tackles. He had a sack, um, but he also got manhandled by George Kittle on a play. He, so he that's threw him into just leaks out. Kicked yeah. him out of the club. Yeah. I'll say one thing on your passing. Uh, Goff targeted the running backs and Hawkinson 52% of his throws. So Good stat. Yeah, I just, I just this could also relate to like the pressure that he was getting. So you know, when you off. get pressure, you're trying to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. And if you're outside wide receivers aren't being man coverage or whatever zone they're in, then you got to get rid of the ball before you get a sack. Hey, it's a good trend for fantasy players. A little nugget probably going forward of what the offense will look like. Tyrell Williams only had three targets. That seems like should have been bigger. Now, well, yeah, when you look at the receiver thing, it's completely out the window. Well, that was wrong when you said it. It was, but <laughs> I had to mix, you know, an interesting. Especially when the, the, the new guy we traded for, Trinity Benson, had more catches than Tyrell Williams, which is and kind of mind-blowing. double the targets. Um, so I guess comeback-wise, we don't have to spend too much time because it ultimately was a kind of classic Lions loss where like they give you that hope and then it doesn't work out. Although I would say like for all the people that were watching, you actually thought like they were going to win at any point. Probably like that's on you at this point. Like there's no way, even if they got the touchdown, there's no way knowing the Lions they get the two-point conversion. But was the comeback one of those classic Tim Tebow scenarios where like the defense softened up and kind of wasn't as dialed in and we just kind of were just like things opened up passing wise and we're able to 
you know, move our way around the field easier. And obviously the onside kick helps with that. Yeah, I mean, I would say the 49ers led us back into it because Kittle lets the onside kick bounce off his face mask. Debo Samuel has a first down. He All he has to do is fall down, doesn't have to fight for any yards, and we punch the ball out. So there's two plays. Like San Francisco led us back into it. I wouldn't say it's more us getting back into it. We were gifted these opportunities. Um, but I do appreciate that they did fight throughout the entire game because it was 41 to 10 or something like that, 41 17. But the score was terrible. And I think if it was last year's team with the same head coach, like last year's head coach, and it was that bad with two minutes left, I mean, you could pack it up and ship it. Yeah, I feel confident yeah. saying if it was Patricia, it, the score would have only gotten worse. They wouldn't have gotten any closer. Oh, especially if he was going to what, like year four, like if they hadn't fired him, like yeah. they would already have given up on him by that point. I am curious to see. It does give us, you know, you have to find reasons throughout this year to watch this team sometimes because it can be so gross. I, I'm curious to see. Obviously, we, we hear it's a player's coach staff. Um, as Obviously, they're not going to give up on anything yet. It's way too early for that. But I'm curious to see how the energy and the um, togetherness looks like week to week. Like, I'm even curious to see next week. Like, do they come out fired up? Or if they get down early in Green Bay, are they going to be, like, hanging their heads? Like, I'm very curious to see how the morale of the team goes. Um, and Justin Fields is actually Yeah, Justin playing. Fields is in the game. So, anyway, sorry. Um, but I think we're towards the end here of – Lions talk. Do you guys feel good about? I mean, seems like we covered a lot of stuff. It was just, just you can't give up twenty four points in the second quarter or any quarter of an NFL game. Anybody that says fire Dan Campbell, I mean, it's a rebuild, right? It's not going to yeah. happen. We knew this was going to happen. Yes, it looked terrible, but we tried to tell everyone on the last show it was going to be terrible. And honestly, it was closer than I thought it would be. So it'll be fine. Just just give them a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I threw in the Decker injury news we covered. I did put Swift rumors, but we don't have to. I mean, I don't, this is crazy that That's one day rumor mill segment. One day, okay, we'll we'll save it for that. But that that was a wild little twist during the week. Seems we're, we're fine now. I do have for any other major NFL observations. I have an idea here. I'd like to pull up the scores from today. I think this could be a fun thing to do going forward. Since I don't even really know most of the scores from around the league, I think what we can do is I'll just read read them out loud, kind of react like, "Oh my gosh," and then you guys give me like a one sentence thing of like basically your thoughts on that game or what we saw. Yeah, just kind of like this happened or any anything from the game. So, love it. The Eagles won 32 to 6. That's mind-blowing just as an unbiased guy looking at it. Falcons haven't improved and Jalen Hurts is a good. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith is the true number one wide receiver. They got it to him often and early. Let me just check that. That's awesome. 6 for 71, a touchdown. Oh my gosh, that's who I wanted us to draft. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Ashawn Robinson starts for the Rams. Panthers, Jets, that feels very nineteen fourteen Panthers win. That seems very like should have happened. Take a nap. This is the most boring game of the day. Zach Wilson had some bright spots, but Christian McCaffrey is still the best weapon in all of the NFL. He led the team in targets, passing yards, I think receiving yards. Just an absolute wow. Yeah, he's a freak. (laughs) I picked up the Panthers defense today, as I always do on Sundays, uh, try to find it. I was like, Zach Wilson is going to throw at least one pick in his NFL debut. Turned out pretty good for me. Chargers beat the football team 2016. That seemed like a big East Coast early morning win for the Chargers. I'm not stunned because both those teams are scrappy. That's interesting. Washington led a lot of the game, it felt like. They felt like they're always winning by little the whole time. And then uh, Herbert, you know, he's good. He uh, had some late game magic. 
Herbert's got a great arm. Um, Washington's quoting Keenan Allen. There's a quote out there right now. Washington wouldn't get out of main coverage. And the Chargers wide receivers were beating them off just man-to-man. And Herbert's got a strong arm, like I said. I was going to say something else about it. And Keenan Allen's one of the – still is and still is always going to be one of the most underrated top wide receivers in all of the NFL. Blue hands. He does like to talk that smack, though. Like, when you say that quote, like, I'm, I can picture Keenan Allen saying, like, I'm the best wild in the league. I don't know why they're man-on-man in me. <laughs> That's just what he does. Okay. Shout out uh, Luke. Steelers, 23. Bills, 16. That is actually one of the more surprising scores now that I'm that I'm looking I, w- I would not have thought the Steelers would have won that game, especially in Buffalo. Steelers blocked a punt and got a touchdown on it. That is the things changed, I gotta know. There you changed go. the game entirely. Deontay Johnson looked really good. Did he? Steelers. He had a nice bobbling catch in the corner of the end zone. I watched that entire game for Luke Reason viewing party. Um, tale of two halves. I think Pittsburgh had 53 total yards at halftime, and then he came out like gangbusters in the second half. The block punt was. A momentum shift. Josh Allen didn't look great either. No, he was way off mm. accuracy wise. His stats—I don't remember his stats, but they probably looked. Eh, but his accuracy was way off. Yeah. Seahawks twenty-eight, Colts sixteen. Makes perfect sense. The Colts are frauds. I don't know why they were so hyped going into the year. The Seahawks are just always. Seahawks are always good in the beginning of the year. Russell Wilson early season, you know, bombs. Tyler Lockett two bombs. It was just Russell Wilson doing everybody wanted. Kari Willis had a sack, though. Shout out to him. Shout out Michigan Sports. Uh, we had a joke going here. Like, oh, here we go. Insert the Russell Wilson MVP talk yeah. until week six when the Seahawks offense dies out. So, yeah. I, Russell Wilson's deep balls, especially early season, are some of the sexiest things in they're, sports. They're, they're unbelievable. Pretty. He throws them so high up there. Um, game that I did see every snap of Bengals 27, Vikings 24. Thought we had a tie on our hands here. Uh, the Vikings had the most penalties I've ever, like, think I've seen in the game. It was un- I thought Zimmer's head was going to explode. Uh, stunning that Dalvin Cook fumbled. He's just one of those guys you don't think fumbles. And Joe Burrow made some throws when it mattered. Jamar Ch- Chase can catch a football that doesn't have white stripes on it. Good to know. And Kirk True. Cousins' accuracy is costing my fantasy team points. So put it in the chest, Kirk. Uh, Adam Thielen's still good at wide receiver. He's probably the best. Point. One of the best wide receiver two options in all of the NFL. And sneaky homely for the Bengals and Joe Burrow's first. Are the Bengals back? back? ACL. The Bungles, no, as Alex was the referring bungles. to. Which is just a funny word. Uh, Texans without Deshaun Watson, 37, not a typo. Jaguars, 21. Explain this one to me because this one looked like it was out of hand early. I was very surprised. I don't think Urban Meyer can make it through the season. I don't. Don't steal my take. I said it. I actually yeah, but it was a great point. Urban Meyer has lost a like total, I don't know, I'm exaggerating, like eight football games in his entire coaching career. And people were saying that he was taking preseason losses to heart. He might not survive through week 10. Like, with how much he despises losing, he'll just cite health reasons. My actual thing I'll say about the game is that Trevor Lawrence uh, made some very good throws. Like, he had a dime, like, bullet throw from 40 yards for a touchdown. Also, threw three picks, so he's, he's a rookie. Yeah, that third interception is probably one of the worst interceptions you're going to see all year. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to trick. see it. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, other than that, Houston, Tyrod Taylor, is he good? And then he's Mark always Ingram decent. Had like 23 rush attempts. I guess he's still playing football. <laughs> oh, Stafford deep ball. 
Oh, we drilled on Van Jefferson. Um, Evan. Always scored. Hide your, uh, hide your ears, cover your eyes. Cardinals 38, Titans 13. Oh, that is a stunning score. A stunning, stunning score. <laughs> Kyler contract Murray. year for Chandler Jones. He wants to get the bag. I'm about to get the bag. Five sacks. What? Five sacks in one game. No way. Five sacks in you one know game. Why? Chandler Jones. Michigan, former Michigan offensive lineman Taylor Juan Lawan was booty. Was he bad today? Terrible. He said after Go read his tweet. Go terrible. read his tweet. <laughs> Maybe he's got to stop podcasting so much and get back in the lab. Yeah, um, Chandler Kyler Murray is faster than every defensive player that he'll face against. You can't change my mind about that. Evan, did you like, see the – He was out there just – Third down where he was like running around like a video game for like 10 minutes. Probably ran a total of 50 yards. Ran forward. I saw two guys collapsing. I'm like, oh, this is where he gets sacked. Just duck, ducks out of there faster than I've ever seen anyone and throws a dot for a first down. Just touch on pass to Christian Kirk. He's falling away off his back leg and just into the breadbasket in the end zone. Christian Kirk, two touchdowns. It was like if, if you try that throw in like Madden or NCAA football, like if you're throwing in interceptions, it can be like 15 yards short. Yeah, he was stupid. They wouldn't let you. He was stupid good today. Derrick Henry had like 50 yards rushing. Okay, we have a game that – and every week, you know, there's always that game no one cares about. I would say this would be the one. Denver Broncos, 27. Giants, 13. This is a score Judy, I would Judy expect. had a disgusting injury. Oh, I no. I, I hope he's good. I, but his season's over with. He had a very disgusting, like, Dak injury to his lower leg. I didn't see much of this game, but Daniel Jones stinks. Daniel Jones now has turned over the ball in 22 of his 27 career starts. He's he's not the future. Miami Dolphins. Cover your ears. (laughs) Friend of the podcast, Cody with a C. Miami Dolphins, 17. Patriots, 16. The Alabama Bowl. Looks like Tua got the best. Looks like it was a defensive slugfest like everyone thought. My lock of the week was Dolphins plus three and a half. Easy. Defense is good. Uh, Damian Harris fumbled on the nine-yard line. Oh, with like three minutes left. And oh no. The Dolphins got the ball back. Yeah. Also, I didn't oh. see. Uh, <laughs> I saw that Tua, did Tua go out because he was hurt or what was the deal? Bench for Fitzpatrick. Someone did come in for him. Uh, I did not see that. Jay Cutler. Can't, can't comment on that. Okay. I guess I said most shocking earlier, but this is actually most shocking. Saints 38. Packers three, cover your ears, Marissa. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, actually, back to the Tua thing. Jacoby Brissett just came in to run the ball, so that's I didn't uh, even know. He was I didn't even know he was on the Dolphins. The yeah, Saints. Packers. Jameis, stink, dude. Holy, Aaron Rodgers looked worse than Jameis on the Bucks, and Jameis looked like Aaron Rodgers in his prime. <laughs> Did he really? He was five touchdowns. Five passing touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. As Barstool says, the new quarterback rankings, Jameis is in the god tier by himself. Five touchdowns on 14 throws or 14 completions, 20 throws. Yeah, he's good. That's like 25%. That LASIK the time. eye surgery, he is locked in. The Saints got to do whatever they wanted offensively. They ran the ball down their throat, and then like when he had to throw the ball, he did. Um, his fifth touchdown pass, though, was a deep bomb. Um, which was kind of cool to see from the Saints offense. Who's catching Rogers, these? Uh, the Callaway guy? Who's catching these passes? Not Callaway. D. Oh, Harris, Jay Johnson. Jameer Johnson or something like that. The tight end caught two of the touchdowns. Chris Hogan caught a touchdown. Chris Hogan. 
<laughs> oh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has been practicing much this offseason. Maybe too much jeopardy because he looked terrible. Too much backpacking in the woods with Miles Teller and their girlfriends. He's just made it. I mean, we were, like joking. we were joking here after that second interception. He was like, at some point, do you think he's doing this on purpose? It kind of felt like it. Like, does he even want to be here? No, I don't think so. The murmurs will be out. And then to wrap up, obviously there's Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, but just wrap up here. Another game I was ple- uh, lucky enough to see, probably one of the better games of the day, Chiefs 33, Browns 29, rematch of that divisional game. The punter for Cleveland fumbled the bag. <laughs> and uh, Mahomes also made one of the sweetest throws for a touchdown I've ever seen. Now, obviously it was just like an adjustment, but he was getting hit in the face. And I was just thinking like, the Browns love running the ball, and they went on this like sweet seven-minute drive. They just ran Nick Chubb over and over, and made Baker made a sweet throw, and they worked so hard to score, and they go up uh, like nine points, and then the Chiefs come out and just from the first place scrimmage do like a backyard football throw for a touchdown. Just has to be so demoralizing when you're the Browns. One of those games where the Browns are like kind of they are legit, like I know they are, but it felt like the Chiefs were going to pull it out the whole time. As a backup Chiefs fan, primary Chiefs um, fan. <laughs> I right when Cleveland scored, I knew the Chiefs would probably score, so I was going to go change my laundry really quick. By the time I got back, Tyreek Hill already had scored, so I was like, "Well, this game is over. Chiefs are just too good. They're still good. They're they're going to be in the Super Bowl again." There's my prediction. We won. Wow, really going out on a limb there. Yeah, they're, they're just. I don't know how you stop them. Uh, I don't know when a defensive coordinator will just like double team Travis Kelsey in the red zone. I I don't get why they still don't do it. Yeah, it's a good point. They, like, left. they forgot about him one play. It's like, how do you forget about that guy? Yeah. Um, shout out Malik McDowell. He had uh, the first tackle for the Browns defense, a tackle for loss. Great comeback story. Awesome. All right, that's your NFL blitz and lines talk. Now we shift into some college football recaps. Um, you guys start off this time since your game was less exciting. <laughs> Michigan State. Speak for yourself. I guess depending on who you ask, but Michigan State, less national relevance in that game. Michigan State versus Youngstown State. Throw it to you guys. I don't know how, how this might be more party skewed than X's and O's skewed, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Number one takeaway. Not a takeaway, just something from the game while I was in the stadium was I was predicting plays left and right. You can ask Mitt and Money host Cody Wilkins, who I have season tickets with. I predicted the 80-yard touchdown to Jaden Reed, predicted the interception. Like just that a touchdown was going to happen or a pick was going to happen? I said before the Peyton, uh, Peyton Thorne to Jaden Reed touchdown, I said, I bet they run a play-action deep bomb to Jaden Reed. I mean, that's pretty specific. And then Very. on the Xavier Henderson one-handed interception, I said when the quarterback took a step back, I said the safety is going to make an outfielder like interception here. And that's exactly what happened. So I was Were you like looking around at other people in the stands like, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, listen to me. Cody looked at him and he's like, you, you're dialed in, man. You, I mean, you think you're calling the plays. <laughs> Don't hurt me. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Michigan State uh, – you know, big plays. That's not something they've done. It was the most yards per play they've averaged since 2000. And obviously it was Youngstown State, but they, they played Youngstown State before in the last few years, and that didn't happen. So offense looked really good. A yard stat to back you up, 558.5 yards per game, 14th in the country right now, 299 yards on the ground per game, 10th in the country, and 40 points per game, 24th in the country. 
yeah, that's unheard of for Michigan State football lately. So that's good. I mean, you got to look at the opponents, but it's a good sign. Back to Peyton Thorne. I mean, he threw some really nice deep balls. Like very impressive. I the most impressive throw I think I've seen him make. I didn't, again, transparency. This was the laptop game for me. I was locked into Oregon, Ohio State, as I should have been. Of course. But from what I saw, it was towards the end. So credit to me for just sticking it out. And I have not watched the game back, so I don't have a ton of X's and O's. But the one where they brought a weak side blitz and he had the – I don't think he saw the blitz. Some, some I think, beat writers said he, they think he saw the blitz. I don't think he did. I think he was looking the look off first and snapped back and was like, oh, my God, there's a guy in my face, but still was composed enough to drop a dime in the end zone for a touchdown. I, I think Jaylen it was to Naylor. Naylor. On the left side. Yeah, that was a really, really nice composed play where he still had the presence to you know look off, which is something that – Michigan State quarterbacks and even Michigan quarterbacks. A lot of college quarterbacks don't look off well. He looked off, snapped his eyes back. Guy was in his grill and still made a nice throw in the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah, through two weeks of what I've seen, it looks like he has good pocket presence. And I've seen plenty of Michigan State quarterbacks recently. They get all happy feet, start running around like a crazy person, and then throw a terrible interception. So I like that. I haven't let you talk yet. I'm talking long. A lot of the similar things. Thorne's deep ball accuracy was impressive. Um, which is something you guys... The one that, his first one was a little so, short. Well, which is something you guys probably wanted to see because we talked about at the Northwestern game. We weren't exactly sure yet. He was hitting the intermediate ones, but you did want to see him. He did miss a hit, couple deep ones in the first game. But he hit him this hit game. Him, hit him this game. And like Jalen Naylor dropped a for sure touchdown that he threw a perfect pass and oh, play action pass. Forget about that. It was a great throw. Um, defense looked all right, not nothing too special. Youngstown State's offense isn't anything to write home about. Um, and then, like once you get into like the fourth quarter, some of these stats can be skewed because you, you have second string guys in there, third string guys um, in there. Russo did play; he was five for seven, um, fumbled forty three yards. He did fumble on the goal line. Got hurt on that play too. That's what I heard. I saw a tweet that he may be hurt. Boot. No He's Kim season, Grant. Is no yeah, Kim so we'll next? A different backup He's next up um, for the next game. We had a lot of defensive guys not really playing. Beasley like didn't play. Jordan didn't play. It's, it's kind of weird enough. because we're usually we're usually not in this position where you're resting players for the big game next week. I mean, Kenneth Walker only had seven carries. Eight um, yards. Did get fifty-seven yards on those, and he had a touchdown. Um, He's a freak, but yeah, yeah he's. Like I said, he's our most talented running back that we've had since. Javon he's Rand. more talented than Jeremy Lang- Langford, but he's going to be most productive since Langford. He's more talented than him, though. Yeah, I agree. The only thing um, I'll say about the defense really quick is uh, they get they got to third down a lot, but it, this is in the first two games. I feel like the other team is converting way too many third downs. Like I think Youngstown State was close to 50% on third down and three for four on fourth down. Obviously, not a lot of starters were really playing, but still. 43% for your defense on third downs. Yeah, that's that seems too high. you got to get off the field. It, and in those situations, it's where it's the third and short, where it would like be third and long. Um, Kimbrough did start over Williams at cornerback. That was Whoa. a big uh Wouldn't know. Big wasn't in the stadium. SEC so on SEC crime. This is news to me. I wondered that. Yes, that's a big change. Um, defense line, there's probably somebody new starting because the – Defensive ends weren't playing, but I don't see much into that. I think that was the biggest takeaway right there. Um, Xavier Henderson 
one of the greatest interceptions for Michigan State. That was sweet. Um, that and he played sweet. really well. He had eight tackles, two solo. He did have a sack. So he did, uh, I think he's probably your best player. Fun. I'm going to declare him your best player on defense through two games with my eyeballs. I think I said that preseason. Maybe. He's a senior leader. He is. He's probably the best player on our defense. He graded that out the cool. highest by PFF this Saturday. And Peyton Thorne, the only other nugget here is he had the highest QBR of any Michigan State quarterback since 2000, which is wild. Was 89.7 QBR. Who was uh, the 2000 was quarterback? Jeff Smoker, maybe? It's a sweet yeah, name. Probably. Uh, I feel like this is just one of those games, like a Pat Statting game. So when we look back on the year and, you know, Alex is like, did you see the number? Like when you look at the total numbers and you debate how good the skill position is, like when we do our stupid – daily debates about oh like not daily but you know once a month like oh i think we have the top three receiving core in the big Ten. this game will go a long way for that because you look back at the cool season out. totals that's this is how Jaden reed gets well over a thousand yards games like this and but like like you said i guess like i've said in the past i think i've used this defense like well you blew out a team that's bad well good teams potentially great teams do that like if you if you throw on notre dame you know, where you almost lose into Toledo at home, then you're like, whoa, something might be wrong here. You took care of business. I do kind of love the uh, flu flicker to start the game. That's just electric factory. That's just Mel Tucker being a good guy for the fans. Like, even if that play doesn't work, it's still electric when I mean, you see whole, it happen. The whole stadium thought that <laughs> ball was going to walk. It's just a gasp. Whenever a flu flicker happens, you just hear the crowd gasp. And you're like, oh, God, what's about to happen? Jaden Reed had 30 yards on that guy. Yeah, Youngstown State wasn't ready for that. It's kind of disrespectful almost. <laughs> I love it. Wonder how those started against Miami. It was, just, it was something different. It was something special. You know, it's only been two years, and we've gone to probably hundreds of games. Um, but, you know, you're waking up at 6 to go tailgate. You're walking around campus at 7 a.m., um, and there's already a bunch of people tailgating. It was awesome to have people back. Um, the energy was electric. I was more excited to tailgate than the actual game because you are playing Youngstown State. It's kind of like a refreshing, you know, home opener where, okay, we, we should win. You don't have to sweat it out like you're facing a Big Ten opponent. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to see and atmosphere was wonderful. I enjoyed every second. Tailgating was almost too much fun. Uh, Way well, more fans in there was, than I expected, honestly. Yeah, but I saw know, a lot of people saying I was actually expecting more fans. I was honestly expecting it to be completely sold out and be limited, but you know, it's Michigan state and they don't show up unless it's a big game. So there were also the only gripe on tailgating is there's a bunch of old people that show up at 11 o'clock and they get mad that the parking lot's full. I just think that's, Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, there was old, when we were walking on the sidewalks or standing on the sidewalks, there was old people complaining because we're standing on the sidewalks having conversations with other tailgaters. Now I mean, it, it's just typical old people like, well, I've been doing this for 40 years. What are you doing? Now, I guess that's a little teaser into it, but not everything was sunshine and roses. Now, I wasn't there, so I'm relying on you guys for this. I did see a tweet. Uh, I believe it was from your guys' athletic beat reporter, Colton Pouncey, that Swag Surfing needs some work um, to be expected on its debut. Oh. He said it just what didn't hit the way it probably was intended to. The only thing I'll say is I heard they tried to tribute Thunderstruck. I heard this from Evan, and that's what made it terrible. But Evan, please. I didn't see it because um, I didn't get it. So the there game. was a lot of rumors. They released a super sweet hype video earlier in the week saying we're going surfing this week or whatever on Saturday. Yeah. Um, really nice video. And then 
my whole goal was to get in before kickoff. I want to see the band come out. I want to see what it's going to be like. And it was weird because <laughs> it, it usually like the clock runs down and then the team like gets ready to come out. But there was like eight minutes left on the clock. And then all of a sudden you look up and the Thunderstruck video that's been playing for like the last 25 years is playing. And you're like, wait, is this team about to run out onto the field? Um, they honored Thunderstruck. They did. Weird. And they did this whole video Why? thing. And then it like edits, like it's a video edit. And then it cuts to like, <laughs> like a, a hype video. Song. <laughs> but like Swag Surfing is playing, but it wasn't loud enough. Like whoever's in charge of the music, like yo buddy, turn up the aux because I can't hear it. Like, yeah, because like Thunderstruck like, was always super loud. Like you, everyone heard it. I yes. mean, it wasn't that bad because of how loud it was. You got still a little jazzed up. Yeah, you, I mean, the team ran out in front of you live football for the first time in two years. You were going to get jazzed up no matter what. Um, but like swag surfing, so the whole like swaying, I expected them to like drag that out and play it. It seems like they just played the song. <laughs> And then they cut it after like 30 seconds and they're like, oh, the team's about to run out. Get ready, everyone. Oh, that's um, bad. It was a little, it was a little underwhelming. I'm sure they're going to fix it. the section swag surf? I mean, was, I mean, I was. I mean, I was getting the hype. I was like, I'm about to watch Mel Tucker run out of this end zone. Yeah, get hype. Um, the people I was around, we did. Um, also, we did talk about the tailgating, like the freshmen and sophomores. The student section was horrendous. They had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea. The thing is, fifty percent of those people in there are in first timers. Yeah, they've They're never been in there. Wait, why are you guys taking do. your keys out on third down? <laughs> they just didn't. You could tell as a I wasn't in the student section. You just look over and they're just discombobulated, trying to do go green, go white chance during like nine eleven, like silence thing. Oh my god! Like, I was screaming. Oh, my that's ass. bad. During the first during the first TV timeout, they like we had like everybody got realized they did a video presentation. And they're trying to like talk and communicate, like to remember 9-11, 20 year anniversary. And all the freshmen and sophomores, it seemed like just started wanting to do go green, go white. Like, Jeff, Jeff from Kappa Sig was like, hey, let's not like go green, go white right now. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. And the wave was bad. The melting moments ice cream sandwich was a 10. <laughs> Did you guys get Thomas must have been in charge oh, yeah. of the wave because it seems like every other timeout we wanted to start a wave. Oh, I'm so sick of the wave. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, ice cream sandwich, still good. Well, this one's new, Evan. This is the Melting Moments version. I think the other ice cream sandwiches were way better. Whoa. I well, think the cookies, are bigger. the cookies are bigger on the other sandwiches, and I think they were just a tad bit bigger. And I don't like the packaging that these come in. They come in a little box. It's a little underwhelming. You want, like, the little wrapper? I want the wrapper. foil wrapper because the other cookies were a lot bigger. Mm. I went to get mine, and they were uh, sold out. And I got out of line and a guy walked up with like a wheelbarrow of like seven boxes of more. And I got right back in line. And the lady's like, um, sir, I just told you we don't have any. And I was like, nope, they're right there. <laughs> she looks and saw them. I'll take the whole barrel. And she's like, oh, I didn't even see them. And then gave me two of them. I can't wait to try one finally. Oh, they're great. Um, I think that covers it. Yeah, for, we went way in detail. For State Young Stuff. Well, I wanted to know. So – it sounds like they have to get some uh, pregame stuff worked out. Let me say what I want to say about Michigan before you do. No, I want to do like where I, I – so what I did last night because, again, haven't rewatched this game, but I watched the whole thing laying on this couch that I'm sitting on. 
Uh, I know people, my, ba- my background's not real. If you haven't figured that out, I'm not actually sitting in a Aspen loft. <laughs> um, I wrote down everything in my notes on my phone, laying in bed. During the game? No, in bed, laying down right before I went to bed. Where is it though? I hope I didn't lose it. They were really good notes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to like, I don't know. I go on rants a lot. I talk really fast. So I'm going to hop around and I'm sure at some point one of these will overlap with something and then you just cut me off and jump in. I think that works better. Same with you, Evan. You just but yeah, on that point and then. I mean, I have one takeaway. Really? Yeah, one. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see. Wait, let me get. It's definitely going to be said. It's the intro. most obvious one. So it was night. Uh, what was the final score? 31-10. I think I had 38-10. We need one more touchdown there, which they should have gotten. Um, I also pivoted. I'm going to try to get away from saying we as the season goes on. So you guys can check me on that. I don't mind. <laughs> okay. What was your takeaway on the Michigan-Washington game? Uh, main takeaway was that Michigan dominated in the trenches, both sides of the ball. And after Evan said he needed to see more from Aiden Hutchinson last week, he had a very good game. I think you heard Evan. He was just in that bleep. All in that backfield game. bleep all game. He heard Evan for sure. Yeah, I think it he felt had a- like he listened to this podcast and like that guy's a loser. I'm gonna <laughs> on repeat. Well, to be fair, Evan didn't say uh, that he stunk. He just said the hype around him, like he has to deliver. And you actually saw on the broadcast they kept comparing Aiden to his dad, which is weird. His, his da- stats don't even come close. They were embarrassing. <laughs> I saw you're gonna do this to him after having a decent game. Funniest tweet I think I've seen probably in a month was I think it might have been from Ant Wright, who's a big Michigan uh, Twitter account. I think it was him, where it was from the Friday Night Lights movie where you have Tim McGraw as the dad and his son. And remember the dad's like, you need yourself one of these rings. Like, you'll never be as good as me and calls him a loser. <laughs> like, this is basically Chris Hutchinson to his son probably because <laughs> he was a five-year and had five Big Ten rings. I don't think he ever lost to Ohio State, had 24 sacks, and his son was like Ofer and had five and a half sacks going into his last year at school. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it was weird. But that's the Evans point where like, yes, he has to prove a lot this year. And so far he's doing so. He, he played really well, and they just dominated on the offensive line and, and the defensive line. So I'm going to hop around here. Again, jump in if you want, wherever. I'll say this. So I'm gonna, there's good and bad to this game. It was a very fascinating game to be a Michigan fan. Well, first and foremost, we put Washington in an absolute phone booth. We bullied them up and down the field. I declare that this is kind of when you win a game that way, you own their program until further notice just like Michigan owns Notre Dame for what we did to them, 45-14. Evan said it's going to be a similar game to that. It was. It was a beatdown. Didn't score as many points, but it was like grown men versus guys that didn't want to be physical. Now, with that being said, obviously with that criteria, yes, if you're wondering, Wisconsin does own Michigan's program at this moment. We have to prove that we are not owned by them this season. When a team just runs you over, like getting spread out and dink and dunked, uh, is one thing, but when a team just puts you in a phone booth and runs you over, that's like, oh my gosh. On top of that, I had to get this out of the way. Giles Jackson is a serious loser. I don't like that guy at all. Almost in my hate list. Um, I loved how like chippy we were with him, like on his kick returns, and think that we tackled him for a loss once. But after the game, there was a video that came out of him um, calling someone an effing b-, b word, and there was rumors that it was towards like in the direction of a young girl. Which is, if that's true, that is 
ultimate scumbag stuff. And like, it just confirms that he was a loser that we did not really, that Michigan did not really want in their program anyways. And they are better off not having him. And if he wants to come on the podcast or fight me, he's allowed to, um, cause I'm not afraid of him. Cause he's wow. a loser. I'll clip that. He's a loser. DMs are open. Loser. Um, maze out. Successful maze out. Stadium looked sexy. I mean, it was Bonk City laying here on the couch. If I was you're like, in the wow. No, it's because because it's, it's tough to pull out like a white out. That's whatever. Everyone knows a white shirt. Pulling off a maze out uh, is tough to do because I don't even own a maze shirt. Didn't, didn't they hand out T-shirts? No, they gave pom poms, which helped. I think only the student section really though. It looked awesome. The aerial shots with the American flag looked sweet under the lights. Great. Now, X's and O's wise, I'm not sure how good Michigan's defense really is yet. Uh, you know, it's opponent-based, this sport, and we've only played two. But they're playing with confidence is what I'll say. Evan, did you feel that way about the defense? You're, we're, like, we're still not sure how good they are yet. But I think uh, they're better than yeah, last year. I, I was more – I mean, when Washington's offense is so bad, it's it so bad. help your defense a little bit where you don't have to run schemes that much. You, I, I, believe you guys ran a lot of man from what I saw just because they were down without wide receivers. So you could bully their tight end wide receivers that they had. I was shocked in the offense that Washington ran. And like I said, I get that they have, they're down three wide receivers. So they kind of had to run a traditional early two thousands offense. Like you're not Wisconsin, buddy. you can't line up in power high and expect to win this game against a big 10 opponent. Like they've seen it before for the first half. It was ugly, and I was like, "If okay, I saw like the first two drives of Washington, and after that, I was like, yeah, Michigan's going to definitely win this game by a lot. I mean, it's that easy. Yeah. And mind-blowing that they have a five-star freshman quarterback, uh, Brock Heward's nephew, and they didn't try him after half. But like, never played? What, what, no. Like, what are you waiting for? Dylan Morris just lost to Montana, and you have like three <laughs> points or seven points at halftime. What are you waiting for to let unleash your five star and just see what he looks like in a big atmosphere? Their offense was. He is the most like, I don't know how do I want to say it. He's the most like two way or two faced quarterback I think I've ever seen in my life. Where he is like arm punting some of these balls to like the wide receivers. And you're like, that was probably one of the worst throws I've ever seen. And then, like, two plays later, he rifles in, like, a perfect class in front of, like, a defender. It's like w- the inconsistency from Morris uh, it was blowing my mind. Kind of like – If um, he didn't play so bad, I think Washington could actually probably move the ball on a more consistent basis. Kind of a Northwestern quarterback's vibe where, like, he went 11 for 11 on a drive. But then other plays, you're like, how is this guy a big-time quarterback? Yeah, yeah it's very similar. Other good things before I get into the bad side of the game is that Hutchinson and Hill, I think I says I said about Hill, they they really do pop out on like the live game when you're watching. They're just so quick. And I guess Hutchinson's more sneaky quick than you think, and Hill's sneaky stronger than you think. And they just even when Hill or yeah, Daxon Hill made a mistake, he bit on a run fake, he still flew back and made the tackle. So it wasn't a big ended up being a big play. I don't know. It's just something about him like was unbelievable to watch, like just the way he lines up in all these ways. And um, stand-up edge rushers again. I mean, there really was no complaints with the defense. Again, don't know how good they really are, but they're playing with confidence, which is something that is key for your defense. Now, I'm going to shift into some bad parts before that of the team. Um, Washington's offensive line stunk. And also, I think a good comparison for Washington through two weeks, so this could be completely way off, is like similar to Northwestern. I feel like it's hard to really get a great read on this game because we do not know. But we do know that Washington is bad enough to lose to an FCS team, and Northwestern could have lost to an 
FCS team this week too. I'm not disagreeing with your saying. I'm saying at certain points on Washington's team, just based on they have more talent. Scouts is I believe they have that NFL left tackle, which was the big matchup of Hutchinson versus him, and he owned him. And then from what I heard, I, I haven't looked at the mock drafts, but Washington does have two NFL level cornerbacks, which could have explained some of the play calling, but still a little bit more talent on the field. But yeah, I'm not disagreeing with the whole sense. Like I don't really know what to make. I will say this. Again, amazing. I'm not even going to like really hammer on the running game just because like we know how good it was. I'm just, you know, talking to dead air at that point. Like you understand yeah. Blake Corm's fast. He's shifty. He looks really good. Haskins is obviously slower, so he's not as exciting to watch, but he serves a good purpose on this team of getting those like falling forward and running through people to set the tone. I'm a Corum guy. Um, good, to, good to know. Good to know. He's so short. That was crazy. Um, fast, I'm going to say this. This is go- this strategy, if this persists, and this is Michigan Twitter was very divided. This strategy of what we did in this game, of what Michigan did in this game, is going to backfire in a bigger game if it doesn't get balanced out. Uh, I think we I think Michigan threw for, I don't know, less than 20 times and ran for felt like over 50. Like you're not going to win a big game, I, I don't think, like that. And I think I've seen this play out in years past. Especially like if you get down fourteen nothing in a game because college football crazy plays happen. I just kept thinking like, what if, what if Washington just like lucks into a you know they bust a hole and they score and then this is a one score game and we get stuffed uh, you know three and out again and then we're in trouble. Forty four yards passing. Yeah, forty four yards passing. I mean, it's just like because because the big thing about college football being balanced helps you is like. If a defense can't game plan well against you, obviously, if you if you watch Michigan football, like we're just going to stack the box until they beat us on a deep ball. Uh, and, you know, it's like at this point, I'm not confident saying that they, they can't, especially with Ronnie Bell going down. So you got to balance that out. And people are like, oh, and I get the thing. Like, if this is going to win you the game running every single play, I mean, there was actually just one driver. That all they did was run and they scored. It was kind of sweet. Like, just again, put them in a phone booth. We own their program. But, like, that is not going to last. And this might shock you guys, but I'm telling you right now, it's like, that Michigan performance was on the field at Spartan Stadium. Like, that's a loss. I've seen that loss happen a thousand times because Agreed. now also Michigan State's defense is not as elite and I don't fear them as much as I have as past years so far. Cool. But you're not going to run every single play like between the tackles against Michigan State. You're I've, not going to do it on I've, any. I've told Alex that years. Like, we try to put teams that are physical in a phone booth, which surprisingly works against Washington. But, like, it's not going to persist. They're, and teams in the Big Ten are going to score more points than 10 because they're going to have quarterbacks that can throw. Yeah. So it's just – Not Illinois. And I would have liked people like, oh, let's just win the game. I get that. But, like, once you get a kind of comfortable lead, why aren't we trying more creative play calling? Why are we still running on third and 12? Like, why are we – and it goes into it's like another thing that's very excellent and sweaty is Ronnie Bell was our best wide receiver blocker as well. And that showed every time we tried to run one of those bubbles, failed every time, got blown up every time, was losses. And like I wrote down just questions. This is funny to think I was just like laying in bed, like just venting in my phone. But like, can we ever run little quick wide receivers in motion, like pre snap motion with crossing routes? We never do that stuff. Like, I would love to see. Roman Wilson or Eric all in the, as the H back and you play action and you just kind of slip out and you just hit him on the move. We run these bubbles like we're 2012, like first ever invented bubble where it's a quick screen out there. I've never liked the bubbles. And you don't like, I like when screens are going out momentum, not when you're just staying, turning, catching and trying to go. And we missed every block on the edge because we don't have Ronnie Bell and we're running a million, two tight end sets when our tight ends aren't that good. 
Can't take a deep breath. Completed seven passes. Can we also, can we run deep post ever? I haven't seen Michigan hit a deep post probably since Nico Collins. Can we run a slot fade like we did with Ronnie Bell? Can we run a five-yard out pass for crying out loud? I watched the Chiefs today. They just run five-yard outs with Travis Kelsey. That's not in Michigan's playbooks so far through two games, which is bananas. The amount of times I watch the game and I see the outside linebackers too sucked in towards the middle linebackers where you just step on his toes, turn, catch five to seven yards on first or second down, set up your third and manageable that you want. Never do it. Never do it. Just try to run every single time. And this is kind of what it reminds me, Evan, you'll know too. Alex, you will because you know you watch this, those years. But this is like, this is the Cumsey High School football where like we also run, Michigan runs better when we're spread out. Like when we bring in the heavy package, it kind of gets stuffed because it's such a dead giveaway at this point. When we have three wide receivers and maybe one tight end or even totally spread out and you run those outside zones, Haskins was hitting those, Corum was hitting those. And that's actually what our high school team did for junior and senior year. We were a spread team that just ran almost every play. And it worked a lot because it's the team is like, oh, they're going to throw at some point. They're in shotgun and they're spread out. No, Shout just, out Wyatt D3 football yes. player. Yeah, Wyatt and Mitch Megger made livings, made college careers off of uh, – you know, that, that example. Um, and also if you have kids cover your ears, the goal line stop play calling in the first quarter was dog shit play calling. Again, I don't know why this team just poops themselves in the red zone like that. And if you didn't think that Jim Harbaugh was still calling plays on this team, well, this was the game that like showed you like his hand is definitely in the pot. Cause there's no way Josh Gaddis came from Alabama under like Nick Saban. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to run with like two to three tight ends every play. Like that's just what I'm going to do by the goal line. Because when does Alabama doesn't really do that? They they modernize their offense, and I'm okay with trying to bully ball someone on the goal line five yards in twice, you know, because they went for it on fourth and didn't get it. But you tried bully ball twice, you get stuck. Okay, maybe regroup and not sprint to the ball, and let's spread them out. And you can run again. I'm fine with running again, but run from the shotgun, spread out with trips to one side of the field, and do it that way. Stop trying to like pound your head. It's insanity. It's just pounding your head against the wall. And nothing's changing. Are your expectations for this team higher or lower based on that game? In a disgusting way, actually lower. Like I don't, they don't, they're not showing anything. Unless they have this all hidden that this passing game can be explosive. I don't know what to believe. And I'm slowly, like I'm 5% of in the just let JJ McCarthy go camp. Because Uh-oh. he does have different arms. talked camp. about that. Kate did not look good. 16.2 QB rating. Again, that might be the worst. And I've also, ever seen. here's another point that people don't think about. I don't think enough is that when you're running eight plays in a row, no wonder K doesn't look great because he gets cold. He, there's no flow for that kid. It's, it's tough to be a quarterback of a team that just hands it off every single time. I actually texted one of my buddies. He's a Washington fan. We were texting. I go, Michigan is Army. Just refer to us as Army from now on. Army North. Because, and when you think about that, okay, we're a pretty good Army then because we just. You know, Army's not being Washington every year. We're a good Army. We're a great Army. But Army can only go so far. We're in, Michigan is an armed forces school at this point until proven otherwise, what, what they did. Now they won, and they put them in a locker. Was Washington trying to stack the box and stop the run? Or? Yep. They had, like, man-on-man. And they, Again, NFL corners, Jim Harbaugh said the game plan going in was to not throw at those guys. But then again, like, so what are you going to do? You're going to face NFL corners later on the season. You're going to go to Madison, Wisconsin, and they're going to stop the run. Then what are you going to do? And let's say they break off a 70-yard run to start the game, like Michigan State. What are you going to do to come back? You're, gonna, you're just going to run and hope you can score enough to come back? It's not going to work at some point. Passing game is alarming. Really alarming. I now, mean, you haven't said anything. Offensive line, we have dudes. I do want to give them credit. We have dudes at the offensive line position. That's good. 
I know Evan has thoughts and he wants to get them out. I don't need to jump in because Grant is venting and he's making great points. I'm just glad, you know, I, I gave him this because I'm glad he's not that Michigan fan saying that, oh, we're going to win this way all year. And no way. No chance. No he's one. rational. He's rational in knowing if you try to do this throughout the entire year through the Big Ten schedule, it's going to be murder's row. And I, I looked up the stats today. Cody was the one sitting on the couch and said, Michigan had 44 passing yards. I said, no, that's wrong. I saw like a 30, 40 yard catch early in the game. Oh, yeah. And, he's, yeah. and it was a 33 yard catch with four minutes left in the first. And if I told Grant, you're going to have 11 passing yards from four minutes left in the first to the end of the game, would you have thought you would have won? You would have thought you got blown. No. 11 passing yards. That's, that's and, mind blowing. That's bad. I mean, your run game is great though. But that, that's I mean, you, you look at the defense, you look at the stats, total yards about the same. You outgain them by 40. I mean, rushing yards was obviously murder's row and passing yards. It was lopsided in Washington's favor. But yards per play, Washington had five, you for five and a half. First downs, you had 20, Washington had 19. Third down efficiency, Washington was seven for 17, you were seven for 15. Fourth down, you were two for three, Washington was one for four. Total plays was 71 and 69. Nice punts, Washington had five, you had four. Penalties were the same, uh, and fumbles lost. Washington had one. You had nine more minutes of time of possession. I mean, this game was similar. It was just a running game. And caps off to you. You guys ran the ball excellent. And I get those Michigan fans are saying, well, if it's working, like, don't fix it. And I almost applaud some offensive corners at times, like where you're running the ball down somebody's throat, and then you try to pass, you to throw an interception or get sacked. And from a fan, you're like, well, why are we passing the ball when we're running the ball down the throat? Um, but for this game, it worked, and I applaud him for it. The 44 yards, and like you said, like the passing game is a wisdom going forward. It does help you have no 44 yards. Um, Unbelievable. They have to, invent, going to, they have to invent crossing routes. Like with our receivers, two of them are tiny, and, and Cornelius is not like a burner. Like you have to get sweaty with the X's and O's and cross people across the formation. And almost like just, I don't care if you watch Andy Reid tape for like the whole week, like just give me something <laughs> like, how do they make Tyree kill work? That's what you need to figure out. Step like one, light. get a Tyree kill. Yeah. But like college I, I, light, you know what I'm saying? It might help if you got a guy that runs a three, seven it feels like. They got fast guys, but I think like all the like bubbles routes, I think that was their way of trying to like, get the ball out quick and like avoid like the top corners. And then as soon as that didn't work, it felt like they didn't have a second option to like, how do we get the ball out quick or how do we get like short pass? Even but well, now it's broken. Now we, we were like, Oh, we can still run the ball. And that's all they stuck with. Even our speed and space is outdated. Like that's what, that's what spread offenses looked like offense. in 2012. Like yeah. when you were inventing the bubble, like, Hey, when they walked around this bubble screen, like that's what we were running, <laughs> run like a, a jet motion, play fake an outside zone and have a crosser coming the other way behind the line of scrimmage, drop it off and let him run seven yards. Like how hard is it? College defenses aren't going to like be ready to go on that a lot of times. It's maddening. 44 yards is maddening. But I didn't works, see that sad until. But it works. So then, like I said, you played to win the game you're in, but it's going to backfire. Because, like, again, we've, we this there's a blueprint for this in the Big Ten. Wisconsin. Even if we are as good as, like, their best team, they still lose to Ohio State every year. So what's the point? <laughs> I mean, what's the point? You're and not even going to get to the Big Ten Championship game. There's also no way that Michigan, one offseason, got to the level of Wisconsin's run game. I mean, maybe. But either, either way, they always lose. Through two games, games, they're on the and same. they lost Penn State. On, through two games, they're on the same 
track record for one of those seasons, but it's like you have to go through Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State, and one of those teams is like, we're just going to stack the box, and if you can't hit a deep ball, you're going to lose, and it's going to happen. Wisconsin lost to Penn State because Graham Mertz couldn't do anything throwing. Uh, briefly, two, three facets of the game, special teams. That was a great field goal, so that's good to see since we have Damn. turnover there. Uh, Would have been good from like 60. But, dude, another rant for another day is like, you're telling me there's no better punt returner on this team. That almost, if this was a close game, that would have cost us a game. He let one drop, his first one he saw, uh, didn't catch it, rolled an extra 20 yards. And then was he, it? Uh, like something Colazar. So his dad played in the program. He's an alum. See a walk on. Yep. Walk on might have a scholar now. I don't know. But like you're telling me between AJ Henning or Roman Wilson or any recruit you bring in, Daxton Hill, someone else can't return punts than. This kid, I mean, it's unbelievable. He looks just like Matthew Sexton. I'd obviously much rather have Matthew Sexton returning punts. He'd probably be elite at it. But, like, there has to be someone better than that. And, like, I'd understand if he's just a possession guy just going to catch it, but he was afraid to catch it. So if you're not going to be a returner and you're not good at catching it, there's no point of you being out there. And that will, mark my words, cost us a game if that doesn't get fixed. And then lastly, part of bias here because I feel like there's been two, there's been two egregious calls against Michigan in both games. The, the roughing the passer was so disgusting. Like, he tapped him in the back of the end zone. I did tell Evan that was a bad one. And Dylan Morris flopped so hard. But now I do get – like, it was actually funny watching the NFL today. There were so many aggressive hits, and, like, the refs let him go. You just have to know in college football that that stuff gets called, and you just have to not do it. So I wrote clean up your stupid 15 yards because they had a low block on Cornelius Johnson where he just, like, barrel rolled at a guy downfield, and they called it. I don't even know if he made contact, but just the act of the low block they called. Can't do that. The roughing the passer was almost devastating. And then we got an unnecessary roughness on our, one of our corners. And it was actually really funny. Uh, I know he's a, he's a weird guy, Jim Harbaugh, but uh, the ref told him the unnecessary references was on number five, which is one of our corners, DJ Turner. And you just, you could read his lips. He goes, five, five's a corner. Like thinking like corners don't get unnecessary roughness. So, like they're like soft, which is exactly how I can picture Jim Harbaugh thinking like corners like this don't hit. So that was funny, but you have to clean those up. Um, that's really it. That's, that's the long-winded... 8 p.m. maze out game rant like i'm going to be more firmly in the camp of like this is alarming for the future than like we're sweet we can just run over teams because you can't that's not gonna happen college football has changed also and we haven't um everyone that can was complaining about ronnie bell returning punts that we talked about last week cooper cup just returned a punt (laughs) he's a very valuable starting wide receiver on the Rams. so get out of here with that thanks alex you guys also have the best wild in college football, Jane Reed, returning punts. So, like, you Correct. just have to do it. Four catches for a gajillion yards. Um, is there any, like, lashes, quick tidbits about what you saw in college football? I would like to pat myself on the back. I told Alex that I have a new rule. Uh, I should stop making crazy predictions before I see teams play. Like, I told him that Wisconsin would blow out Penn State because Penn State were frauds. But then I watched a game, and I was like, Ohio State is going to struggle heavily with Oregon. And he's like, no, like, Oregon almost lost to Fresno. Like, C.J. Stroud would figure it out. I knew C.J. Stroud was kind of a fraud. At least he will be through the first half of the season. Uh, He just misses a lot of big throws, like a ton of big throws. Now, his stats are always going to look phenomenal just because they have playmakers. But he misses throws to win games. And it felt really good. that My eye test, just so the listeners know, my eye test is not broken yet. And until it's broken, I'll let you know. But it's not yet. So pay attention to that when I feel strongly about it. Ohio State's vulnerable this year. They are. Not saying anyone in the Big not Ten East can't throw passes. Not saying, not saying anyone in the Big Ten East is going to beat them. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but they're vulnerable. They're not nearly as good as they were the last two years. My takeaway from the weekend was why can't Toledo? Why couldn't they get it done? 
because the guy did not shout out to I me. I didn't see it. Shout out to me for owning a subscription to the cock for, for Premier League. Also, shout out Tottenham for losing 3 nothing at Crystal Palace. Oh, Evan wants me to talk about that. <laughs> um, but Toledo had the game won. They, it was how uh, Penn State lost to Indiana last year. They, had, they needed a field goal only. They would have won the game. Wide open run from the 40 going in, and he scored, and he didn't go down. And they would have gone down and had like 30 seconds left and either could have punched it in then or kicked a field goal with zero seconds left. And he scored. And then Notre Dame scored. Shout out Jack Cohn for getting his finger popped in. And also, Notre Dame's tight end, which will probably be one of the best tight ends in the NFL soon, Michael Mayer. I uh, met him at a graduation party once in Kentucky. So, friend of the program, maybe. We should get him on. We should try. you have his number? No, but I have someone who does. All right. He's sweet. He's actually amazing. Get him on. I have any college football takeaways. Um, Coastal takeaways. Carolina. Cincinnati's in the Big 12 Huge now. cover for you. Bananas. Yeah. I'm Sam Howell the great. There's a uh, video of Sam Howell throwing absolutely a perfect dime. That was, that was Russell <laughs> Wilson. That was Russell Wilson-esque deep ball. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, Iowa looks really good. I also didn't think Iowa State was – I think Iowa State was a little overrated at the beginning of the year. Matt Campbell um, no Iowa longer – looks good. Matt Campbell were, no longer in line for the job at Michigan after this year? I don't know. It's about to be Luke Fickle. So Iowa um, is good. They're good. Nice. They're really good. Their defense is Tyler Goodson good. is good. Watch out. Yeah, so, I think they could beat so Ohio State. Texas sucks. Their favorites in the West. Um, Texas is not back. You're going to have to wait six more Arkansas years. Arkansas back? No. They're going to go through murders row in the SEC. Um, they're ranked now. I think there wasn't really that many. Purdue uh, back? After that stunning I mean, win against when you're, UConn? When your primetime college football game is two unranked teams, it's not like a massive week. There wasn't sport. good games. No. But a lot of good games this upcoming. Also, week. I mean, I know we chopped Ohio State, but Oregon going in there without two of their like best defensive players, unbelievable to pull that out in the shoe. Uniforms are great. Yeah. God, their uniforms are nice. <laughs> and I just love shots of Ohio State. Ohio State fans forgot how to lose, really, like in regular season games. It was funny seeing their faces in the stands. I was having a blast. A lot of Oregon fans there. <laughs> there was. They traveled. I think that's pretty much it for the sport. Alex, do you want to hop in a rumor here? Maybe just one? Maybe the Swifty? Yeah, we can talk about DeAndre Swift. Apparently murdered a man. Uh, that's the rumor. Which seems false, right? We kind of know. I would say uh, this is an egregious rumor. It was <laughs> from a Reddit thread. Some guy claimed that uh, he heard a tip or something that DeAndre Swift murdered a guy in like Baltimore or something in July. And that the police were investigating it. If you do what that guy did on Reddit and you're wrong, you should have to go to jail for at least a month. I mean, that's a ginormous rumor to spread. Like, if you were accusing people of murder. Of the NFL, like, good running back. You go to jail for a month if you are wrong about that. Slander. If you're right, Slander. you're a hero. But if you're wrong, you go to jail. Because you just can't do that. And, like, so I, I guess, well, I don't know if we'll, there would be closure on it. But we got the statement from a police department that they're not investigating him. So it pretty much means that he didn't do it. Dan Campbell. I would guess. That he doesn't talk about ridiculous things like that. So he, I don't think there's anything to it. But it, it was wild that it was, you know, going around the news and like all over Twitter. The fake Dan Campbell quote, Evan, that was all time. It was fantastic. I can just <laughs> picture him standing up at a podium and saying that. So that's why it was that much better. <laughs> yes. You guys are talking about the one I sent about. <laughs> yeah, like we want, we want, we like to, guys that are like, we want know, people to think we have murderers, but yeah. not actually murderers. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see Dan Campbell saying <laughs> as he drinks his like second venti of the day. Yeah, so DeAndre Swift, not a murderer. Well, 
There's a rumor he is. See, now you're being irresponsible. Now no, you're no, going to jail. I, I definitely don't think he is. I don't think he would be playing if he was uh, getting investigated for murder. All right. Yeah, last topic here. Topic three, football previews. Don't worry, at least from my end, they're, they're not as long. Because, again, not a preview guy. I'm a recap guy, as you can tell. I like getting my thoughts on recaps. I'll start with the least important game of the week, Michigan versus Northern Illinois. Least important in terms of, like, national, but most important for this show because Rocco. if Michigan does not avenge their loss to Rocky Lombardi, it's a good chance that I'm not on the show for at least one week. Well, I'll have to come Probably on. Probably ever. I'll just come on, like say my thoughts, and then just pop off for the rest of the show. I'll do something. Maybe not that because me just being sad for a show would be. I'll I'll do the show soaking wet. I'll do that. I'm gonna root so hard. I'll do soggy sorrows like part of my Chef Rocco Lombardo. Um, pretty much it. B- BTN at the big house. We do not do announcer predictions for BTN. Everyone knows that. We don't know any of them. We don't. Grant's must win meter. This is a must win game. If you haven't figured that out, you have to beat Northern Illinois. So must win game for Michigan this Saturday. And taking place at the same time. Do you guys have anything on that? I mean, Northern, Northern Illinois has one of the worst rush defenses in the country. They played one team tough though, right? They beat a team. They beat Georgia Tech. Okay. However, I would say if you're a Michigan fan, you no, should right. hope. That Michigan tries to throw the ball all over Northern Illinois because you uh, would like to see that. I think twenties, yeah, throwing, big. throw the ball. Throwing is half of football, actually. Twenty-seven point minus twenty-seven point spread. Oh, we have to. I don't know the over under. Yeah, I'll try to figure that out here. Any thoughts off the rip for prediction of this game? Yep, Rocky Lombardi walks into the big house confident. They scored first drive. That's it. Fifty-two to seven. 54 is the over-under. 52 to 7. Over and Michigan minus 52 would be nice. Kool-Aid. I have 45 to 3. Ooh, no touchdown for Rocco. No. Not even a pick six touchdown. Uh, He will throw a pick six. Um, Book it. (laughs) I see. Give him a touchdown. I'll go... It's hard to keep a team out of the end zone for the whole game. 49 to 10. Not quite a 50 burger. No, just shy of a 50 burger. 49 to 10 feels pretty right. Hopefully. I mean, now so to the game of the weekend. Now Who to cares? the game that's taking place at the same time. The boys, will, which is dumb. The boys will be at. Well, it's fine because I don't. I just have notifications. I don't even care about the game. No, oh, no, it's that, just dumb yeah. that it's not at least a 3:30 kick. Yeah, we have uh, liver sick. Michigan State, Spartans, not ranked in the top 25 yet. 29th. Should be. I believe Alex, made, be. Alex broke news that Michigan is. So Michigan I don't, is number 20. So I'll see you guys on the top 25 filter maybe, but for now you guys are in the Big Ten, <laughs> Big Ten uh, bracket. Now I'm looking on Action Network, and I think definitely don't use them because this opening line seems wrong. It says this game opened at plus – 16 Michigan State. There's no way it opened as that. No, it opened at no, plus, it, well, minus eight and a half for Miami. Okay. It's and it's six. already moved down to like six and a half. It's this at six right now on, uh, yeah, it's depending on where you look. It's a lot of six. Spartan betters. Or people that watch college football. Or that. And then the over under is 54 and a half. Noon, ABC, so the big network. Uh, Evan, we do do announcer predictions for ABC games. Thoughts? McDonald's. Ooh. It's, see, this is a tough one because feels like I can see them going big dogs here and bringing, like, you guys said Sean McDonald and Todd Blackledge. I can see them doing that, but they usually don't do noon games. 
So I'm going to say it's going to be Bob with shoes and then Dan Orlowski for this one. Agreed. That's, they're the best. Feels like they're the best noon that. like broadcast. They usually do a noon game and they're the best noon one. This so is I feel like that Bob with shoes is very good. This is Orlovsky's, uh like coming out party where he does like a kind of more premier matchup than like a good team playing a bad team. So this is his noon breakout game. Alex is trying to it figure out. It is not a regional game, just so everyone knows. Sometimes the ABC game is a regional. This is national television. Yeah, he just I wants mean, the, to know. The 3.30 and 4 o'clock games for college football next week are bad because there's one primetime game. This is yeah. the game of the day. Yeah, Clemson, Georgia Tech. They're not Alabama, Florida is the game of the day. You guys might get McDonough. The game of noon. <laughs> yeah. You might get McDonough. I wouldn't be surprised. I think we will. He probably wants to go to Miami. Also hilarious, speaking of that, they had, they kind of weird, they called John Harbaugh during the middle of the Michigan game and had a... So, we, were, we were in PTs and all of a sudden it popped up on the bottom and said calling in John Harbaugh. I was like, are they desperate for content during the middle of this game? Unbelievable. So it was a sneaky little plug because the Ravens play Monday Night Football also on the ESPN network. So they were like, oh, hey, let's uh, plug that game and also talk about your brother. But... Uh, he was like, yeah, it's my first time in Vegas. And then I think McDonough, boom, Rosa was like, yeah, I could see that for you, John, your first time ever being in Vegas. Like, the Harbaugh's probably, like, don't step foot in any, like, fun activity like that. This is the most Harbaugh family thing of all time. Um, so, yes, Michigan State, Miami. We have our announcer predictions. Now, Miami didn't pull a full Washington, but they did. They, App State is not FCS. They did. They're a good team. Yeah, thanks to us. We basically brought them to the FBS. You're welcome. Um, you know, they almost lost to Appalachian State, and they got killed by Alabama. So I would also say we don't really know much about this Miami team. Like I would say if they were trending based on where the start of the season was, their stock's going down, and their ranking in the polls is going down. I don't know what to think. I did watch like maybe one or two plays of the App State game on YouTube, trying to watch some highlights. Didn't get to watch much of it because I wanted to see what happened. It just, I don't know. It looks like Alabama is going to match, obviously, Michigan State better talent-wise in the first two teams they've played. Like they're going to have- Alabama? Sorry, Michigan State. Miami's going to match Michigan State more talent recruit-wise. Probably will even have, you know, more like- higher rate recruits coming out of college now or high school we don't know what it's going to translate to on the field but i don't really know what to think what do you guys what's your lean on this game before the um, season i am oh go ahead no alex go ahead go ahead you don't know you can go if you're ready oh, go ahead i want you to i want to hear you say so i don't match you with what you say okay um before the season started you know july august see this game on the schedule didn't think it was really winnable just like a, I second that. I did not think it was like a good either. program test. See kind of where you're at. Now, I think my expectations have drastically changed. I watched a little bit of the Miami App State game. I didn't see a lot from them. I think App State is better than we think. Probably. So I think they're actually pretty good. But seeing Michigan State in the first two games, they already have looked a lot better than I was expecting. Offenses further along than I expected. So now I'm thinking that, you know, Michigan State has a real chance to win this game. And Agreed. I wouldn't have thought that a month ago. So now now I'm nervous. It's not on the must game a must win meter, it's not that high. It's not a must win. But it'd be a giant program win for Mel Tucker. On Grant's must win meter index, not a must win game yeah, for Michigan State. I think we can all agree there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna get so into relax, that have fun. Well. Um, you can say your initial thoughts before I get any details. Um, I was 100% agree with you. Beginning of the year, I was like, okay, we're going to go down Miami. 
they have Derek King, it's going to be a loss. Uh, I hope we, you know, be competitive. Um, and then throughout, now that we're playing better, or we look at least better, I, you know, grain of salt because of the two opponents that we played. Yeah. Um, App State's probably one of the better non-Power 5 group. So the group of five are probably one of the better, their top five in that category. Um, and then Miami's kind of awkward. I mean, give you the Cody Wilkins stat of the year so far. He said Miami only beat two teams last year with a winning record. Whoa. And that gave me that. so much confidence going mm-hmm. into this game now. Um, I'm still not expecting them to win, but we do have a chance to win the game. You know, they're still going to be have the favor percentage wise, but I think it's more like a 60, 40 percent chance solely because the game's down in Miami. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be, I think it's not going to be a rowdy crowd by any means based on how many Miami's tickets were left. Miami's not a home game. They, they, they don't really have that home game atmosphere like they probably did when I was like five, but it seems like they don't even fill out the stadium. So I'm not really worried about the crowd. There might I mean, be there's more things to do on a Saturday afternoon in Miami than go to a right. football game. I think there's and, and, a and lot it, of it also hurts that the stadium is like 30 minutes from campus. So yeah. yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of Michigan State fans in the building. The South Florida Spartans. We found their uh, Facebook group. Please let us go to your tailgate. <laughs> My biggest key to the game. Yep, lay it on me thick. Is can Michigan State contain Derek King with his legs? They haven't mm-hmm. really seen a mobile quarterback through two games. Maybe the Youngstown State guy, you could argue that, but he didn't really look like it. So can they stop the the QB scramble? They haven't had to do that this year. And then also Peyton Thorne is going to have to make bigger throws, I think, than the first two games. He's It's going to be to the point where he's going to have to make a play on a long third down, and we don't know if he's like capable of doing that yet. So I think it's going to be more on him than the – first two games which he could do whatever he wanted interesting say my king of the games before we do our prediction now it's time we always talk about we have better athletes now so my key the game is how do our athletes match up with their athletes alex and i brag about our wide receiver core we have two of the best duos in the big 10 how do they match up versus the secondary versus miami and then vice versa how does our secondary match up to miami's athletes now we're bragging about xavier henderson you have sec transfer corners how are they going to match up with Miami secondary? And it's a big test. You know, ACC, Big Ten, I think we'll be all right in the trenches. I always trust our run defense. Um, and let's see how good Crouch is as a linebacker. He played in the yeah, SEC. Game, hopefully it trans- translate over. He's somebody that hopefully we can rely on on defense. It's probably going to be the QB spy guy. My two things I would say about this game is, one, I don't – as much as we kind of crapped on it, or at least I did – the meth. I would think that if you're able to put Miami in a phone booth with Kenneth Walker, would help be helpful in this kind of situation. Because I feel like Miami, they may not be anymore, but they've always felt like a track meet team. Track meet team to me, like they want to go, 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 and like run off the score. But now maybe Michigan State's turning into that with their offense so far. Uh, so we don't know. And then I would also say, just I briefly looked at the first two games. Uh, there hasn't really been an impactful player or starter, really. I'm just going to say it's turned the ball over. And obviously, the turnover chain. Dude, knock on wood, man. Come on, knock on and wood. Holy we cow. do have a turnover this year, so it's better than having zero going in. Two, I believe. I don't know if you lost the Russo fumble, oh, but Joyner yeah. fumbled as well. But again, those guys don't really play. Now, turnover chain, they invented it. It uh, hasn't really been great this year. But like that's one of those places you see games there where like when they get rolling, they seem to not stop when they're popping that chain on. So... 
you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful in the in the rock, as they call their stadium. I just made that up. The rock sounds sweet. You gotta be careful in the rock with the turnover chain. So we'll see how that goes. That's pretty much it for predictions. Which I'm nervous. Well, I want one of you to predict Michigan State, but I want you to say it with your chest. I'm going to say a game, a score that's going to be fun for us in attendance, um, but will ultimately leave you guys disappointed as we leave the stadium. I think this is going to be kind of a shootout game, which is something I wouldn't think I'd say with Michigan State against a non-conference opponent in years past. I think we're looking at 38-35 Miami-Florida wins this game. My gut is screaming at me. It wants me to say, like, Something that you guys would laugh at. My brain is telling me something on the other side, so I'm going to go gut. I think Michigan State is going to walk in there. Mel Tucker is going to have the boys ready to go. It's a big game. It's national TV. Mel wants to show the world his brand that he's building. You guys are going to actually run through their smoke and their entrance. 31-17 Spartans. I don't know. I just have a feeling. It just Miami doesn't. They don't look good. They did play Alabama. That would be a very impressive showing for Michigan State's defense. What I've seen so far. Agreed. Gonna have to force turnovers. I think there's gonna be points galore. Um. So game line right now, Miami's minus six, and I am a Michigan State fan. That is a part of bringing this town. I got Michigan State at plus seven and a half. Um. Right when the game line came out. Nice. It's going to be hard. You know, the Miami atmosphere is way different than Evanston. You're not playing at a NFL stadium. You're not playing at a high school stadium. I'm still going to go Miami in this right now just because of, based off the opponents that we played and the opponents Miami's played. Uh, I'm going to go Miami 31, Michigan State 24. Yeah, solid. Michigan State's got to start fast for my prediction to come true. Which people are wondering. We if haven't played from behind Michigan yet. State doesn't score on the first player. They doomed. Are they a one-trick pony team? <laughs> we won't know what to do with ourselves, so hopefully we do score on the first player. You guys like look at the side. Have not Coach, trailed us here. the next play? We, our script only goes one play. We scored. Now, last thing before we move on to the Lions is if we have to be ready, guys, because I'm sure you saw the most viral video of the weekend. If a cat is hanging from the rafters at Hard Rock this weekend, what is our our strategy to catch that guy? I'm just going to simply be athletic and catch that cat. (laughs) So, I mean, what else are you going to do? We're not going to have an American flag next to us to catch it. No. Isn't it true that like cats always land on their feet anyway? So did they even yeah, need to catch it? Probably not. Pro- cat probably would have survived. They can jump out of trees and land on their feet. No I'm not a cat guy, so I, I, I'm not going to be much They're helpful. They're extremely nimble and athletic. Crazy video. This wild. God, I'm nervous. I guess what we're seeing, we'd be the people like looking at it, like, oh, no. We wouldn't be down there. But I don't want it to happen, but it would be kind of cool if we were in a video with that going on, as long as the cat was okay. Of course, of course. Now, lastly, to wrap this thing out, Lions, Packers, um, boys, Monday Night Football next week. National America gets to watch a treat. National television. I don't know if this line has moved. It was already out before the game started today, uh, and it's big. And I don't know how today's score will really – well, I guess if the Packers score today would affect it more than ours would. It's my, minus 13.5 Packers. Now, if it's moved a lot – Forgive us because this was before, again, the game today. They already had the line. And then 48 and a half over under. Is this at? Yeah, it's at Lambeau. Oh, boy. I don't have many thoughts. I think this is a classic Aaron Rodgers, mad, embarrassed, bounce back spot. I'm sure 
I hope we look, I don't, I'm not sure. I hope we look scrappy out of the gate, like keep it close for a half. But I think that there's a good chance that Green Bay could cover that spread. I think the Lions found something late in today's game. I think this is a game where America thinks that the Lions stand no chance. All the money's going to be on Green Bay. And I think the Lions keep it close. And I think they cover. And I think they lose. Wow. But I think we'll see a lot, a much cleaner and better performance. I think the Lions could cover. If it's 13 and a half, I think we definitely will cover. Um, But like you said, I think, well, the Packers will be able to run the ball easier on us than they did on the Saints this afternoon. Um, And I, our secondary isn't as anywhere close to the Saints secondary. Of course not. So they'll probably have a little bit easier time there. Home field advantage, not playing on the road. Well, I feel like we'll be able to run the ball on them with what we have with Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. I don't expect us to win, but I expect them to keep it close. Monday Night Football is always fun because it doesn't happen a lot for us. So it's something to look forward to. And now ESPN gets to talk about Aaron Rodgers nonstop in front of our face. Hopefully they talk a little bit about the Lions and Dan Talica. I mean, soak in the pregame if you're a Lions fan like you said like the the storylines to the game hopefully they do touch on Jared Goff and the trade a little bit and don't just only focus on the drama with Aaron Rodgers that'd be nice uh, enjoy the Monday Night Football opening song for one o'clock games for the rest of the year game wise this is 45 to 24 pack wow that's a lot of points I looked at uh our week two matchup a season ago it was 42 21 I said yep that feels right let's just tack on three points each side 45 24 pack 31 27 lines go for two that's why they don't get to 28 and they score late so it's really not that close thanks chris berman with the sweaty little really 31 21 with a backdoor touchdown all right that'd be sweet well yeah i got 38 24 so we don't cover so i probably should go back um (laughs) ooh, i'll do oh shucks Playing the number. We're going to cover. Mm, bummer. Um, hate when that happens. I know. I'll say 35-25. Yeah. Weird numbers. Love yeah, it. weird yep, numbers. Gotta love it. <laughs> it also is the opening game for uh, Lambeau Field. You'll be rowdy. But Marissa, if you ever listen to our <laughs> podcast, I hope they lose every single game they play this year. <laughs> Facts. They're on a good pace. They are on a good pace. All right. Well, yeah, I guess the... Man, the Bears aren't going to win, so the NFC North will still be tied for first in the NFC mean? North. Bears are down six at half. All right, well, so we'll still be tied for the NFC North lead. That's good. It's the NFC North is 0-4, that is. <laughs> um, you know the drill at the end here, um, at Shot of MS for all socials, except for TikTok, that's Shot of Michigan Sports in full. Um, socials is where you see any clips that we post, any like quote graphics, you know, anything. Twitter is good for like live in-game stuff. You don't do that really much on Instagram. Um, yeah, interact with us there, like, comment, whatever you'd like to do. Smash the retweet button, as the sweaty YouTubers say, or whatever they say. Uh, how to listen to this, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Like, comment, review, subscribe, whatever you need to do. We'd really appreciate it if you share with people. Again, this is free every single week. We'd love if you showed it with someone or debated us, you know, talk to your friends about, like, what do you, what do you think about what they said? Are they dumb? Are they smart? Who knows? And then Gmail is shopmissionsports at gmail.com. That's where you can submit questions, uh, any advertisements for the show. 
Oh, I forgot to say sponsored by Codes Apparel during the rumor mill. So yes, sponsor like that. Just let us know. Manscaped, we're still coming for you. We need some more downloads for that. Uh, all right. Close out show 37. Set it with a question mark. I'm pretty sure it's 37. I think we just did 36. It says 37 in your document. Cheers to that. And I guess my side cheers is to the only thing they could be to is Miami. Cheers to Miami trip with the boys. Miami. Cheers to that clip. I'm going to for sure putting that up this week. We spoke it into existence. It's happening. Yeah, I hope we win. <laughs>